thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's show of Up For A Chat. Honestly, it's really going to be a real chat with us girls today. We've got so much that we want to share with you guys about what we've been doing and what's been happening in our world that we thought that this was a perfect opportunity to catch up. And I know that we do this sporadically throughout the course of the year, but we could honestly, we could do this almost every week. That's, that's kind of my <laughs> thought on the matter. I think there's so much to talk about and there's always so much going on in our lives. So Cindy, you have been to Dr. Joe Dispenza's advanced retreat um, this last week on the Sunshine Coast. Mm-hmm. I am Busting a pop of valve to find out what happened. Oh, look, it was um, amazing. I, but the lead up to it was interesting in that um, my dad turned 90 and we had his 90th birthday and a wonderful celebration of his birthday on the Saturday night. And people came from all over the world to come to his 90th. His 93-year-old sister came, a friend from Bendigo that he hadn't seen. He said, oh, my mate's here. And I had no dad. He showed up. So... That was the Saturday night and then the Sunday was I I wanted to prep food because I know what Twin Waters food is like and I don't like it. So I needed to prep food all day Sunday and then uh, I went horse riding with my friend Ricky. It was her 59th birthday so we went horse riding and then boom, I'm at Joe Dispenza's feeling a little bit rattled, um, you know, but I did make it. Um, The first thing we did was a workshop on creating a mind movie and a mind movie is very much like what I talk about when we do manifesting uh, where you manifest what you want in in your life and it takes a long time I reckon it took me eight hours to do it so I had a four-hour workshop and then every lunch and evening I would get in there and I would create the mind movie but basically what uh, I did for that week was meditated. If, if you had said to me a year ago, oh, Cindy, you're going to spend seven days meditating eight hours plus a day, I would have just gone, oh, I can't sit still for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I did, you know, and um, all the theories done in the progressive, so you learn the science behind why you meditate, you learn the science behind uh, the blessing of the energy um, centres, the pineal gland, the pituitary gland. So you learn uh, the chakras, you know, you learn all of this stuff in the progressive. And then what the retreat is all about is about doing it. And, you know, you're guided through every meditation. Every meditation is, is different but has a similar theme. He also throws a challenge at you. And so we were the first group. Um, so what he does is he de- is 750 people in the room, if you can imagine it. And um, he divides you into teams. And we were the Tasmanian Tigers. Our, our totem, I think, was Earth and Tasmanian Tigers was what we were called. So we were the first to do the challenge. So before we'd even done, you know, any, we had a little bit of information, we were in and doing the challenge. And the 
there were two challenges. There was one that was on a 40-foot container that had been placed on its side and you did um, belaying um, via climbing as well as coming down um, and you also climbed up this rope type structure that that was one and then the second one was a pole jump so you had to climb up this telephone pole get to the top get onto it and then you had to just jump you're on belay which was wonderful but you just had to jump press a blue ball and the significance of it was um, climbing into your future or jumping into your future or you know belaying down um into your future so it was it was all about let's get rid of the past because we all seem to have these stories um and he's very much about get rid of the story stop telling the story and uh he said if you stay in your predictable if you stay in your past you'll have a predictable future whereas if you get rid of your past your future is is not predictable but you can create it now a lot of people came to heal Um, Many people were there, people with multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, you know, like you name it, they had that disease. And um, a lot of people actually came to meditate to heal because he believes that you are this person with this disease, but if you become a different person, then the disease will leave. And he's had spectacular miracles happen and, he, and we had miracles happen um, in, our, in the conference that I was at. You know, people uh, who had chronic pain would um, have a coherent healing, which he does t- the last two days. So you're, you're prepped in the first five days and then you learn, you learn this coherence healing, which is, I'll tell you, <clears throat> it's quite phenomenal watching these coherent healings happen. Um, so you're prepped through each one. You, you know, there's, um, information and then you are, are prepped as to, you know, how to do the meditation. And I think our first meditation was about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. But what was phenomenal to me is on the fifth day, we did what they call the pineal meditation. And because, um, melatonin, is at its highest point between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. He woke us at 3.30 to start the pineal meditation. And I remember, um, you know, he guided us right through it and he finished it. He says, come back to your bodies now. Um, Everybody sit up on your chairs. And he he did a little bit of a, um, you know, this is what we did, this is how we did it. And then he looked at his watch and he goes, oh, by the way, guys, it's 8.15. I want you to go to breakfast. Well, I got stuck on the 8.15. I went, 8.15? We started it, you know, got in here at 3.30 to start at 4. And you're telling me it's 8.15? What just happened to 4 hours and 15 minutes? It was like you're in this amazing time warp where he takes you on this journey and the journey is into the void, as he calls it, out there. And um, you have to, you know, look at your future. What is your future going to be? Whether it's a healing future or a, a future that's different for relationships or a future that's different with relationships with money or a future that's different with your business, whatever it is that you want to, you know, um, focus on and change, he takes you into it and, Um, I'm probably getting a little bit um, private here, but um, 
I, in the void, it was very black and lots of stars. This is my experience. This is not everybody's experience, but this is my experience. And it's very black and there's lots of um, what I believed was stars. I don't know whether it was or not. Um, but I also saw my farm um, like a, a patch. It was like a patch of dirt flying through the universe. It was amazing. It was just circling and just fleeing through the universe. And, and what that signifies is the collection of the right people, the right things, the right synchronicities to happen in order to make that farm what I want it to be. So, you know, that was, that was pretty cool watching it, it do that. But I think the most spectacular thing was um, on the seventh day and the last pineal manifest, um, meditation, I, um, it was another four-hour one, and I remember him saying to me, or oh, to us, 750 people, of course it was very personal to me, um, but I want you to come back to your body. And I remember screaming, no, don't bring me back. Um, because what had happened was that my mum, who had been dead 12 years that day, um, with wings on, um, enveloped me in her wings and I felt the most amazing, pure love. It was incredible. I, 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 can't, I can't put it any other way but just an incredible love. And as he pulled me back to my body, I just went, I don't want to leave this feeling, this space, this this amazing thing. I'll tell you what, he made me a cry so hard. I hadn't cried that hard in so long. Um, and I blamed him, but he wouldn't let me, you know, of course that's living below the line. I got to live above the line and take full responsibility for that. But it was, it was amazing. So that's what he wants you to feel. He wants you to feel that. And anybody who did feel it apparently got healed. And I, you know, I didn't have what I felt. I didn't have any healings to happen to my physical body, but who knows what was maybe needed in the emotion. But yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. But one thing that was weird on the first day or the second day, um, 750 people in the room and in one of the meditations, this person popped into my head and her name's Sandy Foster. She just popped into my head and I went, how weird. Why would Sandy Foster just pop into my head? You know, like you go into this, wow, there's Sandy Foster just popped into my head, you know. Anyway, afternoon tea came and Sandy Foster walks past me. She's in the event. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> She's in the event. And I just went, wow. <laughs> you know, and I, I said to our leader, we had a leader, her name was Fiona, and we had a meeting after every um every day we finished. So our days would start at 4am and 5am and 6am. Like they were never late. And we would go till 7 o'clock, 7.30. And then we would have a meeting. And I said to Fiona that this is what's happened. And she says, often when you're in a, a room, you know, there's thoughts flying around the room and you just picked up on that one of those thoughts. And yeah, it was just incredible. Sandy Foster was there. Oh, Oh, there was so many things. Tell me, you know how you you did the prelude to Dr. Joe over in America, if I remember rightly, and just tell us the process on how it takes to get there because it's not like you just book in the course and you sign up, is it? There's a real strategic process before you can do the retreat that you've just done. 
Yes. So I booked in, I booked into the Progressive in Vegas. And the only reason I didn't do it in Perth was that I was committed when he was there. And because I was doing what's with we, um, Vegas just happened to work well. So before you do the Progressive, which is Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, long days, um, you are sent a 14-hour audio. I think it was a video, but I listened to it. I didn't watch it. So a 14-hour audio that you must listen to before you even get into the progressive. So then you do the progressive, which is live with Joe. Then you can book into the advanced. And once you've done the advanced workshop, or before you even do the advanced workshop, they send you a seven-hour audio to listen to. So then you get into the advanced. Then from the advanced, you do something called um, dream time. And um, dream time is where he wait, you start at 11 p.m. at night and you go through till 7 a.m. in the morning and it's about lucid dreaming. Um, and, yeah, you don't sleep. It's an all-nighter. And I remember it was so funny because one of my friends says, oh, there's an all-nighter in the advanced. And I went, I don't do all nighters. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. You know, <laughs> it's such a stupid thing to say, but you do. You just go, well, I don't do all nighters. I'm not. That's just not me. I like my sleep. But all of a sudden, I went. I want to do dream time. I want to do the all nighters, and it's like five nights in a row you do them. So, yeah, you can become a little bit. It's almost like um, an addiction being in in the meditation because. While it took me a long time to get to that void for the first couple of days, um, once I'd practiced it, I could get to it just like that. I just could find it, and and it was it was an amazing place to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he told so many good stories about healings and overcoming fears, and um, yeah, and he did every meditation you could think of: lying, sitting, walking. Um, anything he was wanted us to be in any position and able to get into that state and you know like I realized that I had dropped the ball with my meditations yeah since the progressive I did it and then I just dropped the ball I just got sick of it I don't know why but now I I comprehend it more it's almost like um you know when you're learning when people learn about nutrition or they're learning about you know what Karen teaches about the mind which is Karen will know exactly, you know, what I'm saying here. And then, Kim, what you teach about um, when you talk about not only your oils but people and their personalities, there's this inch-by-inch knowledge that comes to you and then one minute you just go, oh, that's what this is all about, you know. It's like um, Mm. you don't get it straight away. When I teach nutrition, you know, and I say, oh, this is what you do, you know, it just this veil falls over people's eyes, but they've they've got this much. They said, oh, breakfast cereals aren't good for me. And then it's like they get to the point where they're going to farmer's markets and then they get to the point where they're interested in the farmer and not the person who's just gone and bought it at the Rockley markets, you know. And then they're interested in, well, what does the farmer do? Is it organic? Is it chemical-free? Is it nutrient-dense? Is it, are they regenerative or sustainable? Or, you know, so then, and that's how I feel with Joe is that every time I'm with him, I make that a bit more of a quantum leap um, in order to, get to what he's talking about, you know, what, what he's talking about. And, yeah, some of his stories were just mind-blowing, um, what people had achieved. 
And are you really pleased that you did it, darling? Like, is it something that you've come away? I mean, I know you've been on a high with me, but maybe explain to the to the listeners and to all of us what exactly was the best thing or the biggest take-home that you got from it? Uh, I didn't want it to stop, put it that way. I was really sad on the last day um, thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't want this to end. I just want to keep doing this. I want to see how far I can push myself. How many hours can I do? How, you know, where can I go in my mind and, and out in that void? What can I achieve? What can I, you know, so it was, it was like this, I've come this far. Don't stop me now. How much further can I go? So that was, I think, and, that, and then I made a commitment to myself that I would do one advanced workshop a year at least just to keep me in the work. It's like, you know, when people come and listen to me speak or they go and listen to Karen speak or they listen to you speak, it's like I just need a top-up. I need to understand more. I want to comprehend more. So um, I, I think this other thing with the seven days was just to take seven days out of your life, out of living in the, what does he call it? What does Joe call it? Living in the program. You know, you don't realise that we live in this three-dimensional program where if you do this, you get that. If you get that, then you do this. If you make this choice, then you get that. So that's the three-dimensional programming. And we're programmed as children. We're programmed as teenagers. We're programmed as adults. And it's not until you start to question the programming. So we have programs about vaccinations. We have programs about Christianity and, and churches. We have programs about disease. We have programs about, um, you know, if you break your back, you can't walk, you know, like, um, and it's not until you start to question the programming that we have been created and that we do and jump out of that program and realise that there are other dimensions out there. And we're talking quantum physics here. He really explained the quantum physics behind 5D, not 3D. And um, he even explained 4D and he says 4D is one step up, but 5D takes you to that, that next step. And when he talks about waves and electrons and uh, all of this stuff, that you realise that we live in a 3D reality and we think that that's black and white. And it brought back to me the book that I read every year and I pulled it out again as soon as I got home and read it again. And that was Mutant Messages Down Under by Marlo Morgan that talks about Aboriginal um, society as it was before white man came and their methods of communication through telepathy, their methods of healing through energy. So... You know, one of the things that they talk about is, you know, reminding the body the state it should be in, um, and that's, you know, cohesive healing, um, and the Australian Aboriginal people do that. Their belief about sources and things that, or things that we have in this world that we can't take away, um, it, just all of those things that you, you don't question when you're in it because you do, 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 and you're not being a human being, you're being a human doing. And I think that that was probably a really big part of this is get out of the program. Don't believe that 3D is all you've got. There is 5D out there and whatever you can imagine, uh, you can 
achieve. And I, you know, I know that that's true because of the manifest, you know, manifesting that um, I've been doing. And, and he says, I love how he says this. He goes, show me in a way that I'm not expecting, but I know that it's come from you and that I'll leave, it'll leave no doubt in my mind that I've created this through the quantum field. Um, and it was really interesting and people can take this for what they want, but I didn't post on my Instagram once. And, and this is really minor, but it's still showing me in a way I wasn't expecting, but I didn't post on my Instagram once. I didn't post on social media. Um, I kept very quiet in that regard. And I, I got 400 new followers in two days now, even my social media people who work for Changing Habits just went, what did you do? And I went, nothing. I just went into the field. I, I asked, you know, that more people learn this information about food and nutrition, that more people understand that we have an education program that can change lives, that we have products that can change the planet. You know, like we know that there are eight problems with climate change and we know that farming can solve seven of them if we go to regenerative farming and we know that if we do regenerative farming we can pull the carbon out of the atmosphere and put it back into the soil so my my whole thing with going was I want more people to get the message I want people to realize that through education we can make better choices and by making better choices we can make um, our lives better and not only the lives of our own but the lives of people around us and that's what my focus was was get and I and I realized while I was there that changing habits is poised to grow we've done all the work it's now letting people know what the Functional Nutrition Academy does, what's with wheat, uh, changing habits. It was like you've done the work. It's now we've got to get it out there. And how do you get it out there? You either do it in 3D or you do it in 5D. And I, I think that the universe showed me that he, he was, well, God was listening and then he showed me in an unexpected way that the quantum field was listening and 400, you know, I know that I know people will be going, yeah, but 400 Instagram followers, who cares? But to me, that's a, um, you know, like when you ask for a gift, remember when I asked for a gift for the universe mm. and, and this beautiful Nathan Graham showed into my life. I know I've done it. We've done a podcast on it, but um, do you want me to repeat that story? Yes. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I was reading E Squared. So that's another book that I've decided I'm going to reread. And E Squared is by Pam Grout. And it's all about um, um, what is it? Asking questions to see if the universe is listening to you. So it's um, proof that the universe is listening to you. And there's 10, I think it's 10 um, quizzes that you give the universe or 10 challenges. And the first challenge is, I just want a gift from the universe. I don't care what it is. Just give me a gift from the universe. You don't, you're not specific in any way. You just ask for a gift. And um, so I, you have to write down the date and time that you read it. 
and then you have to write down 48 hours later, date and time that you will receive your gift by. So I was flying to Sydney. I, I wrote the date and time down and everything like that. And the first gift we got was, and I, and I just thought these were the gifts, but the first gift we got was that the rental car guy said, oh, I won't charge you for two drivers. I thought, oh, that was pretty cool. And then we got to the hotel and the hotel guy said, oh, that'll be $30 for the car. And I turned to my husband and I said, what's the use in renting a car when you've got to pay $30 for it to sleep in a car park? Um, and the guy said to me, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you. I'll give you that for free. So I went, oh, that's pretty cool. That's two gifts. And then the, the next gift came and it was we went out for dinner with this gentleman and at a very expensive restaurant and there's two of us and one of him and he paid the whole, the whole dinner. So I thought there's my three gifts. But the biggest gift of all happened when we were flying between Sydney and Perth and I wanted to work the whole way and the guy in front of me had um, put his seat down and I couldn't you know, so cramped in those economy seats, you can't do anything. So I said to the attendant, I said, oh, can you move me? I'd really like to work. Can you move me somewhere where I can um, work? And he, she put me next to this Australian Aboriginal person. And so I sat there and I worked for like three and a half hours. And then I closed my computer and the Aboriginal person said to me, um, I wish I could type like you. And I said, oh, why? And he said, I'm writing a book. And I said, really? What about? And he said about my life and he said, do you want to read it? I, you know, it'll only take you about 15 minutes. I said, sure. So he passes me his iPad. I read it and I hand it back to him. And he said, what do you think? And I said, I really don't want to know about your white life. I want to know about your culture. I want to know what you guys know. And we started this amazing conversation, Nathane and I, Nathane Graham was his name. And I, I still can't, that is such a vivid point in my life meeting this man. Anyway, we're talking away and I said to him, have you read the book Mutant Messages Down Under by Marlo Morgan? And he said, no, I haven't. I said, it's about the real people. And you could see his eyes, he raised his eyebrow and he said, what do you know about the real people? I said, well, it's in this book. And from the time I read Marlo Morgan's book back in the early 90s, and this is 2000 and, oh gosh, it must have been 2013, 14, this happened. I've wanted to know if the real people exist. And I said, do the real people exist to Nathane? And he said, they do, Cindy. And when they walk through town, they're masters of illusion. You won't even see them. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Marlo Morgan says that in her book. And anyway, we talked about, I said, how do they communicate? And he says, well, when they're on walkabout, they, they do telepathic. And I went, that's in the book as well. And then I said, well, well, what about the healing? And he said, let me tell you a story. And he told me a story about himself and he had been involved in an accident and he had, um, I think he'd broken his back or hurt his back. He was in a really bad way. He had glass shards in his eyes. He had glass all over him. He was a mess and his mother and the surgeon were together in the room and, and he was unconscious and the surgeon just said, look, we need to get him into the operating table and we need to, you know, see if we can help him see again and walk again. And the mother of Nathane said, I just want the medicine man to come in first. So the medicine man came in and what medicine men do in the Aboriginal culture is they will remind the body of the way it should be. They don't touch the body, they lay hands on it, which is very much coherence healing. So it's a, an energy and um, 
So this medicine man apparently, as Nathane explained it to me, had run his hands along Nathane's whole body, not touching it but just above it, run his hands around the whole body, reminding the body of the way it should be, just creating energy because that's what we are, we're energy, not matter, we're energy, and got to his eyes and apparently just did a grabbing motion over his eyes. And as that happened, the doctor walked back in and he said, look, I'm really worried about this person. We need to get him, we need to get Nathane into surgery. And Nathane opened his eyes and sat up. And then, you know, the doctor's in absolute shock. Um, and the medicine man just says, hold your hands out. And as he held his hands out, he dropped all the shades of glass into the hands of the doctor. And um, Nathane walked out of there. And this is what Nathane's telling me. While I'm on this flight mm-hmm. to Perth, which is very similar to what is talked about in this book, Mutant Messages Down Under, when a guy falls down a cliff and breaks his, um, his leg bone where it's a compound fracture where the bones are sticking out of the skin um, and they do something similar and the bone just puts itself back in again and then they put this poultice, and I won't tell you what the poultice is made out of, but anyway, it's a, an amazing poultice and they put that over him and 24 hours later he walks. So. My gift was Nathane Graham um, confirming about the Australian Aboriginal culture and the real people that still exist. Um, And that was, you know, Marlo Morgan walked with him in the 90s or maybe the late 80s and I'm hearing from Nathane in, you know, this decade um, about, you know, what had happened. So it's just, um, it was mind-boggling. And Kim, weren't you down the Gold Coast? Didn't didn't he when when the next when he yeah when he was there did wasn't there something funny that happened you went for a walk was it you yeah something did happen yeah you went for a walk and you you explained this Australian Aboriginal person that waved at you and said something or and and you explained yeah, it to you're him. right oh my gosh that sounds like Nathane and he used to travel to the Gold Coast because he helped people from the stolen generation. Remember oh that? Oh, my gosh, I've gone completely. Yeah, I do. But I remember you ringing me after you got off the plane and you were just beside yourself. And I just was, it, it was an incredible, I feel like it after this. And, um, and I think it was just beautiful as a confirmation as to what you were reading in that mutant messengers down under. And didn't he say he didn't want to share certain things, though, as a respect to the culture? Yes, you meant you touched on it, but yeah, he did say that. He 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 said, you know, we're not allowed to write our culture down. And I said, if you don't, it will be lost, and you do not want to lose what you guys know. You know, like I I really believe the Australian Aboriginal people were the most advanced culture as far as their healing, their communication, their agriculture, their um, their dream time, their manifesting. Um, you know, all of that stuff we're now just tapping into, which is the 5D, not the 3D, but we're now just tapping into this. And Joe, like as I'm listening to Joe, I'm just thinking, I wonder if he's read Mutant Messages Down Under because everything he's talking about is Mutant Messages Down Under. It was, was just phenomenal. 
just kept thinking the tra- the cohesive healing was exactly as he said it. And you know the the weirdest thing of all happened on Saturday night. Um, I just happened because on my phone is um, my my meditations. Um, so what you do is you get this. Um, seminar app and on the seminar app, app are walking meditations and things like that and I thought I'm going to do a meditation before I go to bed but instead of sending the app I said hit the Facebook page and the first thing that came up was um, Alison Bell and it was a picture of her son and let me actually let me just get uh, I just what I want to do is I just want to get what she said on her Facebook page, which blew me away. I took a photo of it because I was just absolutely blown away by it. Uh, Here it is. So it's a photo of her foot and her son. Now, her son is a twin and is, what, seven? She doesn't say which one it is, but seven. That moment your son wants to heal your foot, a special moment. No training, no example set. He just rubbed his hands and said he was drawing some energy from the ground through his feet up into his chest and then sending it down his hands into my foot. Amazing. So that's exactly coherent healing. It's you go on a walking meditation, you draw energy from the field, you bring it to your heart, you rub your hands together and then you hold it above um, the person or whatever you you know the healing is and the coherence is with eight other people so everyone's doing it and this is where I witnessed amazing healing healings in this room there would be 75 people that wanted to be healed and the other 750 so 675 would prepare and do this and wow the healings we saw were phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah so I know this sounds strange to people and I know they're all thinking, oh, she's flipped. She's gone in another direction. <laughs> but in actual fact, what happened in that week was more real to me than, you know, sometimes when I'm at home and I'm not in the moment and I'm in my program and I'm doing doing the doing the doing and not being. So that's why, you know, he says you must now you must practice every single day. You must meditate every single day. Well, and here you are having that whole week there on the Sunshine Coast with the amazing Dr. Joe, and then our beautiful Karen was mm. creating a whole lot of magic mm. in her way. And oh my gosh, we have been dying. Neither yeah. of us have been able, we haven't managed to get there. And I just think it's such a great lead in, don't you, Cindy, to, to ask our beautiful Karen all about your amazing spirit hive and just seeing the feedback, the photos, the energy, the essence of what it's done for the very young, the very old and everybody in between. Um, We could not be more proud, Kaz, and to see your vision actually come to light. Could you please start at the beginning as to how you got this vision and then like Cindy, just give us a really thorough rundown on what your last few weeks if not months have been in the build up to this oh bless your sweetness Mm. well for me spirit hive um so 
you know, most of you guys know I've spoken about it a couple of times. Last year around July, I kind of threw in the towel on my life and I just kind of got some language for it over the last couple of days. And I, I think I started to feel like I was suffocating inside of the life that I'd created for myself around my business, not personally, but just around my business. And I just couldn't, I couldn't spend another day being the version of myself that I had been being for the last, you know, 11, 12 years. And I kind of looked at my experiences with Bali and losing Greg and I thought, you know, I didn't survive my life so that I could, you know, kill myself but in a more subtle way. And I was felt like I was just, I was busting my ass. I was killing myself to try and make things work and to help as many people as I could. And, you know, psychologically I think I was still trying to kill myself but I was just doing it in a more benign way. And it got to the point where I just, I just could not do that to myself anymore. I became so self-aware of what I was doing. Anyway, it was around about June, oh, sorry, it was around about July, oh gosh, January, January this year, that I started to ask for guidance and I started to look up to the universe and I started to say, okay, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to give me something new. And as I'd sit with my pen poised halfway through, I'd stop and I'd go, no, 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 don't give me anything because as soon as you give it to me, I'm going to put my grubby paws all over it and I'm going to make it the way that I've always done it and I'm going to put my strategy and, you know, all of that stuff that I've learned about business, I'm going to overlay that over the top of any inspiration you give me. So no, don't give me anything because clearly I'm not ready. And then about May, um, I woke up and it was a Tuesday morning. And when I woke up, I literally was watching a movie and it was the most mystical and most bizarre experience I've ever had. But it was so clear that I lay there for about an hour as I let the movie unfold and um, I saw Spirit Hive. I didn't know its name, but I saw what it was from the very beginning all the way to the very end. And as I lay there, I thought to myself, this, this is insane. Why would any thinking person do this? <laughs> I, 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 there's just no way that I'm going to do this. And I had um, four trees in my backyard and I named one of them Wallace. So I went outside and I put my arms around Wallace and I looked up at the sky and I said to the universe, you know, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to do this through me because I don't have the energy to hustle. I don't have the energy to make things happen in the way that I've always made things happen and I refuse to be that version of myself. So if this is to be, then use me and I'm ready. And, of course, I have the capacity. So um, the next day I woke up and I thought, well, what's, what is there? What's here for me? What, what, will this, what, what, what will you have me do, O universe? How shall you have your way with me today? And um, I just got the most profound vision of starting with getting the band organised. So I went on Facebook, put it out there, and I got a whole bunch of people sending me um, videotapes and footage and um, showreels. And then one of my girlfriends sent me a message and she said, Kaza, I have a music man, my husband, and she's my um, Intimo consultant, Amber. And um, I listened to her husband sing and I knew immediately he was the one. There was just no doubt in my mind. And so I reached out to him and he was open to it. And then I knew I needed a female lead um, vocalist. 
Um, and I put it back on Facebook again and a beautiful woman by the name of Jules Allen sent me a message saying she has a daughter who's just delicious. She sent me some footage of her and I just knew that it was going to be Jess, Jess Irvine. So I put them all together in a room. They did some rehearsals for me in the room. They sang for me and I just sobbed the entire time. I just (laughs) sobbed my eyes out. I mean, who does that, you know? And I guess from there it just kind of grew and it just expanded. So every day there's been something new to do. And the next thing was to organise um, our not-for-profit status so that, um, you know, there was a public perception there that this wasn't like a business that I wanted anything from anyone. And when I spoke to the accountant, she said, look, you know, when you do a not-for-profit, it's a not-for-profit meaning it's not for money, it's for purpose. And I said, yes, 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 that's perfect. And she said, but you, based on what you're wanting to do here, you do also clarify, uh, qualify as a charity. And she said, when you're a not-for-profit, you're, you're designed to benefit the directors and the members, whereas when you're a charity, you're designed to benefit the community. And, of course, that was a no-brainer. It's all about the community. So we should have our charity. We've got our not-for-profit status. We registered as a, as a, um, a, under federal legislation as a as an organization and we have a not-for-profit status as a federal organization rather than state which means we can open up anywhere whenever we want and um, we should have our charity status within about a week maybe two weeks and um, that then means we're run purely on donations and purely on sponsorships and way to go to trust the universe (laughs) when Everything I have that's mine, you know, I haven't obviously taken any money out of my home or anything, but um, all the money that I have in my business, I've invested into Spirit Hive. So it costs about to set up Spirit Hive in each location for the first 12 months is around 30 to 40,000, depending on the location um, and the people that we support and we help. So it's, it's, it's a pretty expensive venture i'm funding sunshine coast brisbane and townsville we're opening newcastle and gold coast first thing in the new year and we've got a target of 105 locations by 2020 and 33 global locations by 2025 we've got the most astounding board of directors um, who've all come on board and volunteer their time as a director so there's me who looks after all of the financial side of things of course and then And then there's Michelle House, who is our director of our youth expansion program. Because what I realised is that, um, you know, for Spirit Hive to actually do its job properly in the community, and I will tell you what it is, but for it to do its job properly in the community, we need to start working with our youth. And I don't have children, so that's not my specialty, but I understand the psychology of children and I understand the psychology of parents through my training and the counselling that I've done over the years. So. Um, I knew I wasn't the best person to lead it, but I was the best person to guide it. And Michelle has come on board and that's totally her field as a teacher and and the most spectacular mum. And she's got three kids who have become part of our youth leadership program. And um, so she works with the kids. We have Nicole Eddington, who is the director of our volunteers. We've currently got a, a force of about 60 volunteers that include you know, people to do meet and greet. We've got people who are offering to 
come on board and help us write specific Spirit Hive songs and work on the production of our, of our music. We've also got psychologists and counsellors, kinesiologists and people who are going to help with the psychology and the mindset of our individuals and families and kids. And we've got specialists in ADHD and, you know, kids with autism and, and special needs children. We've got people on board who are volunteering their time, giving their time to be a part of this incredible movement. And then there's James Pettersen, who is my girlfriend's husband, and he is our director of music and production. So his job is to put the bands together in each of the locations. He's also the lead singer of our house band here in Brisbane and Sunshine Coast. And when he hits the big notes, man, it brings you to your knees. He's amazing. Uh, oh, he's brilliant. But he's working with our Townsville team now to put the band together up there. He's already started working on the Gold Coast for us and Newcastle is pretty much a done deal. So James is working with our songwriters and creating our music for Spirit Hive. Um, and then Spirit Hive, what so it Karen, is... Karen, tell us what happens when, when, they, when you come to one or how do people get to an event or what's the format once we get there? Well, Spirit Hive, I guess, in a nutshell, is a community of like-minded people all getting together for inspiration on a Saturday morning um, for an hour and a half to, you know, be inspired by education, like-minded people community, um, and it's for kids as well as for parents and for individuals, of course. You don't have to be a kid or a parent, but it's for everybody to be able to come and be inspired on a Saturday morning and to kind of really dive down that spiritual rabbit hole like Cindy was just talking about, but in a very non-religious, non-denominational environment. So there are no belief systems in Spirit Hive. There are no Bibles. Um, we'll talk about the universe. We'll talk about a higher power. We'll talk about all of that sort of stuff. And if people want to replace that word with God, they're welcome to. But we're not going to go down that path because we want to keep it very... Um, Sorry if you guys heard a lot of noise there in the background. Um, <laughs> we want to keep it very um, free so that everybody is welcome. So it's an all-inclusive environment. So it doesn't matter if you're a Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, Catholic, Buddhist. You know, there's, it's welcoming for everybody because what we're talking about is um, direct experience rather than belief systems. And the concept underneath all of it, of course, is, is about oneness and harmony and unity and how we each can achieve that in our own lives and then also in the lives of our families and start to change the conversations around the dinner tables and in the cars um, after Spirit Hive. And, of course, there's the live band. And So the format is you, you, you rock up at nine. The band is playing amazing tunes that you know all the words to, and if you don't, the words are up on the wall anyway. Um, the band's playing some amazing tunes. You come in, you drop your bag, and you just kind of bust out a bit of a groove in the aisle. You know, there's no conditioning at spirit hive everybody is free to do whatever they want to if they want to sit they sit they want to stand they stand if they want to lay down they lay down there's just no rules i think we've got enough conditioning and belief systems happening out there we don't need that at spirit hive and then um Lockie, um here on the sunshine coast in brisbane Lockie's six and he comes out the front of the room and he's he's a drummer he's so cute and he establishes a drum beat on his little bongo drum and the drummer and him beat to, a, to a, a really funky beat. And that's the signal that all the kids and Michelle and Lockie and our youth leaders are up, uh, to get up and head on out to the youth area. 
So that's usually a slightly separate part to the building, either it's downstairs or next door. And so the kids go off with Michelle and the youth leaders and then they learn exactly the same stuff as the adults do, exactly the same stuff, but they just learn it through playing games and drawing pictures and painting and playfulness, whereas we learn it, you know, a little bit more deep and involved. So Lockie leads the kids out like a Pied Piper. All the kids follow him as they're all drumming and everybody's clapping to the beat of the drum. And then um, I come on and we spend about an hour together diving into a snack, I guess, because it's only an hour, so it's a snack on, um, you know, inner inquiry designed to bring self-awareness to what we're doing to ourselves and how we can recreate through freedom. And what that means basically is that what Cindy was saying before, you know, everything that we have in our lives is a result of who we've been and what we've been. And it's very predictable. And for the most part, most of us know if we do X, we'll get Y. And if we do A, we'll get B. Life is very, very predictable. But all of us feel this sense inside of ourselves that we are more than that and that life is calling us forward. And, you know, I always like to say it's not that we have a life's calling, it's that life is always calling us forward into a grander version of ourselves. And whether we step into that or we don't step into that is usually determined by the story we have about ourselves and the identifications with that story that we had. And we can do better. And um, so Spirit Hive, the content that we deliver is different every week and it builds from week to week so that, you know, people can come and miss a week but then they'll still get, this, they'll still get something really valuable the following week. Everything is always linked. Um, and, again, that's cause like I say, the kids are learning the same thing and then we change the conversation in the car on the way home and the parents and the kids have got things that they can do in their families during the week while they're waiting to come to the next Spirit Hive. So they can start to experience themselves differently and we don't lose our kids to, um, you know, the statistics. And that was really my own personal drive underneath Spirit Hive is, you know, 8.68 people per day commit suicide in Australia. Six of those are men. And uh, 65,300 people attempted suicide last year. And for every person who didn't attempt suicide, 280 thought about it. So that practically covers every human being in Australia. In the United States, 68% of women over the age of 44 are on antidepressants. Our people, our, our, our age bracket that are at greatest risk of committing suicide is between 15 and 44. And for me, um, I look at the, the latest statistics that were released by the World Health Organization that one person every 40 seconds in the world is committing suicide. By 2020, one person every 20 seconds will commit suicide. So we're not expecting those statistics to decrease. We're expecting them to double by 2020. That's two years from now. And I can't live with it. I can't. I can't live with that. And I feel like Spirit Hive is is an answer There are lots of answers out there, but Spirit Hive is definitely a way to fix it. If we can can give our kids new tools to inquire into their own direct experience and and become self-aware rather than 
um, externally distracted by, you know, societal norms and traditions and belief systems. If we can smash the belief systems and then bring a person back to their own self-awareness and following their heart's deepest desire and drawing close to that universal force that beats our heart and breathes us, my dream and my wish and my intention for humanity is that we can arrest those statistics and our kids won't have to go through the same traumas that we have because they'll actually have the tools to deal with it. And I, and, and I think parents don't get a rule book. You know, everybody's doing the best that they can. So when they come to Spirit Hive, one, the kids go off and they're learning the same thing. So parents get a chance to actually do a deep dive for themselves in their own time without having to worry about their kids because their kids are completely taken care of. Um, but then also, you know, we don't have to be so scared about losing our kids to withdrawal when they, you know, if they go through bullying or changes, you know, as they're growing older with drugs and alcohol and peer pressure and all that sort of stuff. Hopefully we'll have kids that are a little bit more self-aware and together. And then, of course, it starts with, it starts with us as individuals, you know, setting the example for people in our lives and for our kids. If we can get it right for ourselves, then we'll set an example for those who are following in our footsteps. So that's my, that's their vision for Spirit Hive. And to me, it's incredibly clear. There's just no doubt about it. There's no question about it. We've already started working with families with kids that um, are struggling and Spirit Hive has got a crisis counselling department. So we subsidise the counselling for the kids um, and anybody who's on bended knee and tear in their eyes, you know, can't wait to see a psychologist for two weeks or they don't have the money, they reach out to Spirit Hive and we will always be there. No one's ever turned away. So. Oh, I love it, Karen. I love your vision. I think it's um, mm. brilliant. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, it feels very... And tell us what the turnout was like. Oh, it was amazing. So the... We launched mm. Brisbane um, and we, lo- we had 45 people at Brisbane and then we launched um, Sunshine Coast and we had 56 people at Sunshine Coast, which is just amazing as a place to start because it's only going to grow from there. So my, my intention is to have 100 people at each Spirit Hive. Um, um, I'm, I'm really excited. The vibe was insane. If you, if you check out the Spirit Hive web, uh, uh, Facebook page, everybody, go and check out the Spirit Hive Facebook page. You'll see snippets of um, the band playing, also a bit of the content, but you'll see everybody that's there and everybody dressed in white, which was just amazing. It was awesome. It was such a fabulous vibe. It was absolutely awesome. Everybody was on a high when they left. It was just fabulous. So great. Oh, oh you've done a great job. And, and what, can, what is the turnout? And is there a donation? I'm sorry, did you say that? That is a... How can people make a donation when they come? Or how, if someone was listening to this and thought, I really want to support Karen, um, can they contact you direct if they'd like to be a sponsor or be involved in any way? Yeah, well, absolutely. Gosh, jeepers, we need all the help that we can get. If there's anybody out there who is interested to support Spirit Hive, you know, if they've been through anything themselves, then they know what it means to have help there when you need it. So um, you can go to the Spirit Hive website, spirithive.org, and there's a place there where um, you can do donations. 
if somebody's looking to do a corporate sponsorship, that's my department. So just message me directly, either on Facebook or info at karensmith.com. Um, and then we can work out what that looks like. We've put an amazing package together of huge win-win um, exchanges for corporate sponsors. So I'm really, really excited to start getting that out there where we start doing mental health awareness training for team leaders and supervisors and managers inside of organisations um, that all help around inspiration and motivation and keeping people on track and keeping people fulfilled inside of their roles. Um, so I'm really, really excited about all of that sort of stuff as a part of our give back to the community for people who are, who are interested in jumping on board and sponsoring us. It's awesome. Oh, you're amazing. Yeah, it's been a big job. Hey, it's, been, it's probably been the biggest job I've ever done, but it hasn't felt mm. difficult. It's actually felt like the easiest thing I've ever done. So it's, mm. it's really... It sounds difficult. <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> I'm like listening to you going, oh, my God. But let's, let's, no, it's, it's, it's actually a, something, it's been the easiest thing I've ever done. That just, well, you look like you're breathing. You just kind of... Yeah. And you talk about it mm-hmm. and I like go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, um, the private assistant to... Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, was the last person to speak, just thanking everybody. And he, she said she's been with him for 12 years and about 10 years ago they were putting together a um, their first conference and they were so excited because they booked it out at 75. And now oh. he's doing 750 and 1,500. So, Karen, even though your goal is 100, I, I don't see this being a small thing that you will have to find a big venue <laughs> and get this thing going because people people are lost and it's religion has lost them i think i think it's let them down the catholic church has let people down in what has happened the you know they're old and stodgy in their belief system and i just think we need you know, we've lost that Sunday or Saturday connection with the community. We've lost our communities. Mm. Uh, and this is a community starting that has, um, you know, systems in place to dive into the 5D and not believe that if you do this, this is what happens, that there are other things at play there. Mm. And I think, like, you know, uh, and a person has got to know it because they've got to experience it for themselves, you know. Like it's not a case of saying, well, believe what I say and your life will change. You know, like I started every spirit hive saying, do not believe a word I say because <laughs> you've got enough beliefs out there. Go and try it for yourself and see that it's true. And I think that that when I look at the recipe in terms of where we get things wrong is that I think where you say, and people are lost, Cindy, I think we have been conditioned with so many beliefs about what a man is, what a woman is, what a family should be, how a business should run. I think we have so much in our lives that are based on beliefs and a lot of it does come from religion, for sure. A lot of it does. But there's no freedom there's, in, in all of that. There's no room for a person to say, well, hang on a minute, my heart's deepest desire is this. Where is there room for that? And I think that if a person, like what you were just talking about with Dr. Joe, if a person is given the room to explore their heart's deepest desire, of mm. course they're most in line 
with the universe's desire for them, of course, then they become magnetic for that. And then, of course, life begins to look different. But, of course, it's very unpredictable. But it feels better. You know, it feels better to be free and have life be a little bit unpredictable rather than to feel trapped and trying to make a belief system feel true when the reality is quite the opposite. I, I, think, I just think we can do better. I think we've grown out of a lot of, um, a lot of the ways that we've been doing things. And you know what's really bizarre to me? That Spirit Hive is the first of its kind worldwide. Wow. There's not, there is not one other organisation in the whole world, and trust me, I've been looking for months, there's not one other organisation that is like a spiritual deep dive without religion and without denomination and without, you know, reference to a Bible or a, or a, a you know, like a text. I'm floored by that considering how many people are saying how they're just looking for that. They're just looking for a community of like-minded people to have inspiring conversations with. I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because to me, it seems like the most obvious thing in the world. We're, I think globally, we're all really ready for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really cool. Well, I'm really cool. I'm very proud of both of you. And you have no idea how much I've fed off both of you this week and how inspired and inspiring you both are. And I just think that our listeners, to hear you guys, what you constantly strive and live for and educate yourselves on how you expand your own minds, hearts, spirits and souls is is inspiration in itself. And I think that's one of the loveliest and most precious gifts that we can bestow on each other as girlfriends, but more importantly to our community and beyond. So on behalf of all our listeners today, sweethearts, I just want to say thank you for sharing and expanding and growing. Well, I've just sniffed and snuggled a little one-year-old for the whole week. Oh. Uh, my niece just turned one and I have been in baby heaven. So <laughs> I've been on another plane altogether. <laughs> and how beautiful is that? Oh, how delicious. Oh, there's nothing like a baby to bring you into the present moment, is there? Mm-hmm. And she is so beautiful. So, But truly, thank you both. I've loved hearing every single part of what you're up to and not being with you at Joe, um, not being able to be there and not being able to be at the Spirit Hive, I, I feel like we're, we've, we've been on the journey with you both. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, it's been lovely, thank Kim. You, Kim. Thank you, Kim, for being such an amazing hostess with the mostess. Totes to that. <laughs> oh, honestly, <laughs> it's such a privilege. I mean, I forget that we've got, I don't know how many people that listen to the podcast, Karen, I know you know, but... Oh, my gosh, I feel like I've just had a conversation with my girlfriend for the last hour. So it's just precious. I love it. We're (laughs) very, very lucky, that's for sure. Mm, Thank you. So for all of our listeners, hopefully you guys are not sick of my voice yet. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's going to keep talking. I was going to say, damn, here I go again. For all of our listeners, head on over to our Facebook page at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You can also go and check out um, our, you can also post your comments and your questions <laughs> at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. You can see I'm losing my mind <laughs> once again. So thank you for tuning in with us right here on Up for a Chat and join us here next week where you get to become part of the ripple effect. And we are always 
changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.